Hello and welcome back to the View Church Podcast. My name is Jake and I am the host of the View Church Podcast and it is wonderful to be sitting down again with Jeff and George and we wanted to provide you a quick update for this week that we will be having our in-person service on Sunday at 9 and 10.30 and we just ask that you RSVP for that service as per usual. You can find everything online and we want to encourage you to come out. We would love to see you and spend some time together as we close out the year with this service. And in this particular podcast, we're going to be moving into the beatitude of blessed are the peacemakers. So George, as we move into wherever the listener may be finding themselves this week, um, I know Christmas can be uh, an exciting time to prepare for, but also uh, a very introspective time and all of us ending out 2020 for what 2020 has been, how can we begin to set aside um, our hearts and minds for the scripture, for what this means and what this could mean to our lives in the midst of what we're all moving through right now? Well, we all can start with, um, we probably need some peace <laughs> yeah. in a lot of different ways or we're wrestling with um, in our lives, uh, perhaps uh, a need of peace. So, um, but do we often think about being the one that, brings the peace or is help bringing the peace. Mm. So we're, we're, there's probably both those things going on um, in our homes, in our lives, in our work, in our relationships. Uh, but I think I'd like to start with um, beginning with perhaps the kind of peacemaking that Jesus is talking about because he's um, confronting a way of peace making that's happening in the first century world. Um, the Roman Empire is bringing about peace by sword <laughs> mm. and by violence, right. and and they call it peace. Right. Um, they call it peacemaking, and mm. the way they keep peace, if you resist their peace or resist their authority in some way, then they kill you. Mm. So it's peace by death. Right. And um, so Jesus is, I think, bringing to this first century world a whole new way of understanding mm peacemaking and it's essentially inviting people is 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 it a better world the way of peace that Caesar brings through oppressive power and right. violence or is there a better way of peace that can come through sacrificial love and so Jesus with his own life and not just with his words but he kind of uh, throws that at us what what mm. leads to a better world mm. what kind of peace leads to a better world mm. and it sounds like what you're saying is this was again and Jeff I want you to weigh in on this because you've mentioned this in previous episodes where um, this would have been very challenging, it sounds like. It's a very um, challenging thing uh, for this audience that's listening when he's talking about this is this has got to be hard to hear. And so I wanted to get you to weigh in on that and a little bit more about um, kind of what your, what your heart leans in on this specific beatitude. Yeah, it's the, the Pax Romana is what uh, they called it. Uh, historians call the, the peace of Rome. And it was a violent, uh, it, it was a coercive, forced, controlled kind of, of, of peace that insisted on uh, particular cultural values. And to see life differently or to want to practice life differently than how Rome expected you to do it uh, was to violate that peace. Well, the problem is that when, when you live in a society where there are winners and there are losers culturally and uh, socioeconomically, 
then that peace is is paid for by those who are disadvantaged. And so it's not a just peace. And I think that's one of the things that Jesus really emphasizes throughout the Sermon on the Mount is this notion of justice and what justice is and how justice should operate. We can think about... Um, balanced justice as equal parts justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And so if if we've got a whole lot of justice and no mercy, then we don't have peace. Mm-hmm. If we have a whole lot of mercy and no justice, then we don't have peace. Mm-hmm. And so peacemaking is about bringing balance to the chaos mm-hmm. so that those who are suffering under the boot of oppression don't have to swallow it when somebody says, oh, but at least we're at peace. Mm. Where their needs and their concerns are um, advocated for mm. and where in a, in, a, in, a, in a society that's equal parts justice and mercy, um, we don't have these incredibly unbalanced, institutionalized, um, um, discriminatory things where you've got you know, the poor people who are staying poor, the rich people are staying rich. Right. So peacemaking for Jesus was about making a just world and modeling a just world. Mm. And the hard part and the thing that made it so challenging was that it, listen, Rome didn't care about what you believed. Mm. Rome cared about the way you practiced your life and, and the choices that you made and how you lived within the context of their culture. Right. And, the reason that it was so hard to make peace was because it, it meant that you were living in a way that contradicted the conventions of the time. Mm. And Rome didn't like that. Right. And so it was really about practicing a certain way. Right. Not about belief and not about a religion. It was about the way people lived their lives. Right. And, it, and, it, and thinking back about what you were saying about the Roman culture at the time, it's it's an interesting thing to think of peace as... Um, we have the definition of peace and we're going to be bringing that peace to everybody that's around us that doesn't agree with us. Oh, we'll bring the peace to you. And so there is that um, very uh, uh, oppressive nature to the people that would be listening to this at the time are like, yeah, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful? And I think this is what we've um, talked about in previous podcasts as well with, you know, are we talking about this leaving the world, um, leaving the world behind. I know, Jeff, you were raised uh, very Southern evangelical. I was raised very Southern evangelical where these things to me were taught that they were escapisms. They were ways to get out of the world and just wait on heaven to come. But we, you guys have talked about previously that you don't think that's what's going on here. No, Jesus is wanting to bring heaven to earth. Right. And I think the not so subtle shift here is, is, it's how we actually uh, see mm. um, our enemy. Mm. Um, do we love or do we hate our enemy? And Jesus is arguing to love your enemy um, is a better way to live. It's a better way of being human. And then th- with that comes this shift in seeing, are people objects? Are, are people um, obstacles? Mm. Or are people uh, human who have fears and um, hurts and needs and hopes just as real as ours. And so yeah. Jesus is arguing that true peacemaking 
sees people as human, not as objects or obstacles. And that is a real shift and change in the world that mm. most people were experiencing at this time. Mm. It's almost to move through it, not away from it, or it's to say, I'm, you've learned this way, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a completely different way to see this. And you have every reason not to choose that. You have every logical reason to not choose this way. And what's interesting, too, is that uh, Jesus is the voice of this new way of peacemaking. And I'm not, you know, he ends up losing his life mm-hmm. as a result of it. Right. Which, did peacemaking really work out for him? <laughs> you know, right. that's the real question that we all have. Sure. And, um, but yet, there's still this trust in a sacrificial love is a, is a better way to bring about peace. And one of the interesting things about this word peacemaking in the Aramaic is that it actually um, has images of farming, mm. you know, tilling, um, continual work, mm. you know, sowing seeds. And um, so peacemaking is not something that is instant. In fact, um, you know, it, it has this continual uh, need to be worked. And But when Jesus talks about the kingdom, that's the way he talks about it in a more agricultural term. So mm. if you're looking for something that's going to satisfy quickly or bring about instant change, you know, this kind of peacemaking is one that you sow the seeds, you continually work it, and you trust that ultimately it is a better way and leads to a better world. So uh, I can see how, um, you know, his culture is really wrestling with that. Did it really work out for him? Yeah, right. How about you, Jeff? Well, I would a few things, uh, picking up on a couple things George said, um, with with the notion of, of objectifying human beings and and um, you know making them things and not people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of there are there are there are six um, there are six things that that and I can't remember the I can't remember the guy that that wrote this and that said this. I wish I could. He's not a he's not a theologian. He's a a, a historian. Okay. That uh, wrote about the six things necessary uh, or for war to to occur. And the first one on there is a diabolical in, enemy image. So mm. diabolical enemy image would be something that we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about somebody that you disagree politi- with politically, right. they're leftists yeah. or they're, you know, they're Trump Trumpers or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever language we use. Right. The, the point is, is that it's, it's a pejorative term right. for the people who are on my team. And you're not a person, you're a lefty. Or you're, I mean, you're a leftist or, you know, we did the same during the Cold War as those commies, mm. you know, um, and, and we had, we had words for, for our enemies during Vietnam and, mm. and th- the, these, these pejorative terms that don't recognize the humanity of, of people, mm. they just see them as part of a group that, that my group's enemies with. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 it was going on during Jesus' time. If you were a citizen of Rome, good on you. Uh, if you were not a citizen, well, that's just tough. Yeah. You know, there's certain there's certain things and privileges and rights that you have as a citizen of Rome that you don't have. Yeah. If you just live in one of the provinces and you're not a citizen. Yeah. And so, um, but no, peacemaking is, you know, it's a very active thing. You're yeah. you're making peace. Mm. Um, and so making peace 
means that you're going to resist uh, the things in society that are uh, that are the, the that are being forced upon the society or, yeah. or being demanded of by uh, an institution in power that clearly creates whole classes of people who are who are now not really people anymore mm. they're just things and so um and that resistance is people aren't going to like that right they're not going to like that resistance and so peacemaking is very much an ongoing and an active uh thing and the way the way you can think about this in your personal life or, or your home life is, you know, if you grew up in a home where there was abuse, the, 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 the household did everything they could to, to, to behave the right way or to keep from making dad angry yeah. or, you know, we did everything in our power yeah. to, to keep from provoking the abuser. Mm. And, one might say, well, that, then the, if, as long as abuse isn't happening, it's a peaceful household, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but is it really? If I'm constantly having to walk on eggshells and be fearful in my own house, mm-hmm. is that really peaceful? And th- the answer is no. And so when we think about making peace even in our own, in our own homes, mm-hmm. we think about how, you know, are our homes chaotic? Are our relationships chaotic? And if our homes feel chaotic and our relationships feel chaotic, then we ask the question, where are the, where's the lack of balance uh, happening? And, 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 you know, who's checked out of the relationship or, or who is, you know, whose anger is creating the, the, the problem uh, so that we can try to restore balance? So peacemaking, peacemaking isn't just about making the world more peaceful. Right. It's about making my home more peaceful. Mm. It's about making my life more peaceful. And it seems like um, in context to the, the people that would be listening to this, I'm assuming most of them are Jewish. And what I, a question I had from a pastoral, uh, pastoral perspective is what would they have had in mind? Obviously, they knew Rome's position. What is the Jewish tradition? I know that people were severely disappointed when Jesus didn't come and actually the Messiah in their terms was to then establish a kingdom on earth, right? I mean, that's kind of what they were expecting. So I guess my question is, is what would they have been um, used to being taught how to bring about peace within the Jewish tradition, the listeners of this time? They wanted to come like the Roman Empire was bringing it. Right. Because that's pretty much how the known world operated, Mm -hmm. and that's how peace came. So, yeah, they're hugely disappointed that Jesus' way of being bringing peace um, ends up with him losing his life. And all of those that believe in that way of peacemaking look like they're fools. Right. And I was, it's, it was contested. Yeah. Uh, Just like in our, you know, in our world, it's, you know, we might say that it's contested how we would define peace or, you know, how we would experience peace. Um, I think in 73, uh, a group of, of, of Jewish revolutionaries called zealots, Mm. Um, encamped on uh, in a in a in a large uh, fortified hill called Masada, mm. and there were uh, a few hundred of them, and they were holding out against Rome. And so, for the next several years, Rome builds this this um, this ramp so that they can go access these these this group. They're called the Zealots, mm. so they could go. Um, kill the zealots uh, who were resisting Roman rule. And so 
just imagine you're 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 up on Masada, which is this huge, uh, this huge uh, fortification that was built by King Herod, and uh, and so they're up there, hold up, and they're watching Rome build this ramp, mm. and they know it's coming. They know they know that the ramp's going to get finished, and that when it does, there's going to be a war, and so. When Rome finishes the ramp, all of the zealots at Masada committed suicide mm. and instead of facing Rome. And so, but at the same time, you had another group called the Essenes. And if, if you've ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, this is the, the community that, that produced the Dead sea, Dead sea Scrolls was a community called the Essenes. Mm. And their approach was simply to remove themselves from, from society altogether. So they were uh, a group that basically moved out of the city into the what we would call the country, but it was the wilderness, and lived in caves. And um, you know, some some scholars think that the Essenes were believed that John the Baptist was the Messiah, and so that there was competition there between mm-hmm. Jesus and John the Baptist. But anyway, so the Essenes had their way of, you know, you got the zealots on top of Masada, you got the Essenes that are separating them, themselves out. You've got the Sadducees who are just trying to make nice with Rome, right? So that they had they had all kinds of different approaches uh, to peace, and um, I, I'd say it's very true of our society too. Mm. You know, we have all kinds of different approaches. What we think how society should look and yeah. how we should govern ourselves and what our values should be, and so it, it was it was quite contested. Yeah, and the only thing I was going to say, um, or the one way to kind of close out, I want to get you guys' opinion on this because I think, Jeff, you mentioned this about um, anybody that's in some kind of abusive, and it could be verbally abusive. It doesn't always have to be physically abusive, but if you're in a home, if you're in a situation, if you're in a life area that's not peaceful, it seems that Jesus is saying um, sometimes you actually have to um, speak up for what is causing the disharmony. I know Jesus was very adamant about saying, no, these are the things that are in play here. He wasn't backing away from calling things out. It sounds as if um, there's this balance of being a peacemaker is not being quiet and not calling out injustice. It's actually stepping into it, moving into the discomfort and moving into some of those areas of your life that may be withholding you from peace um, in order for an effort. It's almost like an odd paradox in order to have peace. You're not speaking up. You're not speaking your truth. And so is there for the listeners that are involved in or probably just like me and you, we want to actually experience peace. Um, is there anything that we can leave the listener with um, just as some guided practice that they could start working through? I know, Jeff, you were talking about being honest about what's going on in your household, being honest with what's going on in your heart. Is that the step that is the easiest to, the easiest and the, the quickest to take to start to move into some of this um, peace that Jesus is talking about? First, uh, being a peacemaker you know, and taking the line of turning your other cheek is not taking more abuse. That's not what Jesus is inviting us to. So if anyone's in an abusive situation or relationship, uh, being a peacemaker is not taking more of it. Mm -hmm. No. Um, We should move toward safety and remove ourselves the best we can from those kinds of things and seek help. Um, The other thing for, uh, you know, that I think is a takeaway for all of us in this and where it challenges me most deeply is anytime I see another human being and their hopes and fears or needs or cares are less real than mine, that's an act of violence mm. on um, 
that human being. And I'm really beginning to see it in that way. So peacemaking from an inner place of how we see other people would be to begin to see others as real as ourselves. And so, um, you know, on a very personal level, um, this affects the way that we, you know, live every day. I would like to read to you just quickly a couple ways of maybe how being peacemakers, um, how we can trust in this, that it maybe doesn't instantly bring about the result that we have. But here's some maybe some other ways of saying it. That's great. Blessed are those who plant peace each season. They shall be named the children of God. Healthy are those who strike the note that unites. They will be remembered as rays of the Holy One and become fountains of life. Mm -hmm. And then blessed are those who bear the fruit of sympathy and safety for all. They hasten the coming of God's new creation. So just Mm -hmm. some ways to maybe think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we need... Um, to act in some way to remove ourselves from abuse so that there could be more peace, or maybe we're acting in a violent way um, in just how we see another human being. Mm. That maybe we could rethink it in a way that we could be more of a peacemaker. Mm. And you, Jeff? I think we make a mistake when we define peace as the absence of conflict. Mm. I don't think peace is the absence of conflict. I think peace is the presence of justice and mercy. Mm. Um, and so... Um, to make peace, one confronts. Mm. And the kind of peacemaking that Jesus was talking about, the kind of the kingdom of God theme that runs throughout the, the uh, gospels of the kingdom of heaven, that was a, a way of doing life that was not conventional mm. and that stood in opposition to the way that uh, life had gone on in the world you know, where it was, it was opposed to violence. And um, to oppose violence, you have to resist it. And so when we think about peacemaking, it's okay to think in terms of, of resisting and confronting mm. and uh, not necessarily, you know, you know e- even being in conflict with someone. Mm. Because true peace remember, is, is justice for all. Mm. True peace is mercy for all. Mm. And those two things balanced. And so um, certainly if we're in an abusive situation at home, um, we might have days where we come home and, and the abuse doesn't happen. So we feel like, well, things are, are today was a peaceful day. Mm. But we're still living under the threat Mm. of that violence and living under the threat of that violence is not peaceful. Mm. And so strike, you know, finding balance in the home, uh, bringing order to, to chaos. Those are the kinds of things that peacemakers are striving for. Mm. And sometimes it, it, sometimes it requires conflict and confrontation. Mm, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much. And I, I, um, I think I, I can speak for both of you that we really um, wish all the listeners through this season peace. And I think one of the things that caught my um, attention this past week was peace beyond understanding. And I know that we've talked about this previously, but it is that nature of um, going beyond understanding everything in order to experience peace. And even within the chaos of um, the discomfort 
of having to approach someone or the discomfort of having to address things in your life that, again, you think are peaceful, but it's really just the absence of the conflict. But you know, it's almost like you know the hammer's going to drop. You know something's going to happen. To know that God is with you through all of that, I think it's also a massive um, way to experience peace and to have the strength and the courage to move through whatever difficult transition um, that you're moving through and that you have a church family that's here for you through that process. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening again. Um, we hope you can join us on Sunday at 9 and 1030 at the Ford Eye Center. We do ask that you RSVP and we would love to see your smiling faces behind the mask, but we would love to see you all and we hope you have a great week. Talk to you soon.